the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. Happy Tuesday, July 13th. July 13th. Not quite Bastille Day, but close. Not quite a holiday, but close. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's a money show, but you know that. I don't need to tell you that each and every day. It's a show dedicated to getting your retirement, but you know that. I don't need to tell you that each and every day, but yet again, I'm telling you that because I want to get callers. I want you to say, hey, here's what's on my mind. I get tons of email. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. Call in the show, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the area. If you're out of the area, you can call 415-322-9101. That's 415-322-9101 to get your calls in the area. You might have noticed there's some changes that's been happening at the station recently. We lost our afternoon drive show. We replaced it with a Fox News show. So we are now the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Make sure you tell a friend or two. Uh, a lot of radio stations in this day and age, they don't go out and get a lot of billboards and they don't get out, go out and get a lot of splashy television advertising. Uh, a, because the money's just not there like it used to be, but B, because it's not an effective form of communication on radio. Best way to communicate radio is tell a friend, is to tell a friend. So interesting day out there on Wall Street. Interesting day as far as stories go. There's tons of them. We've moved into earnings season. Yesterday, Alcoa was the first company to come out after the market and tell us how things are. Now, I, I, I amount, I put the value of earnings season pretty high. It happens every 90 days, and it tells us how business is doing. Alcoa is a big play on aluminum. Today, the stock's up 2%. So it's saying, Wall Street's saying, pretty good. We kind of like what we're ultimately seeing. So it's back to work on Wall Street. Investors are starting their day to day looking at the trade deficit. Now, the trade deficit got a big bump for the United States, um, $42.3 billion in May. Details from Fox News Radio's Rich Johnson in Washington. The deficit rose by nearly 5% in May to more than $42 billion. The Commerce Department says Europe's debt crisis means those countries are spending less on U.S. goods, and we are buying more computers and clothing, most of which are made overseas. U.S. demand for foreign cars is also up. So when you take a look at that, you heard inside that report that Europe is slowing down. So we're not, they're not exporting stuff to us. Well, they're not importing stuff from us. Um, so we're not exporting to them. And on top of that, the U.S. consumers buying computers. That tells you a lot about Best Buy. It tells you a lot about Intel. It tells you a lot about Cisco. It tells you a lot about Microsoft. It, it's, it's positive. So inside that one little trade deficit story that I just gave you, there was some chock full of information now, today is an odd day. One of the greatest investors of all time died. Now, when I say one of the greatest investors of all time died, it's you think Warren Buffett, right? Wrong. 
Well, Yankees team owner George Steinbrenner, he's dead at the age of 80. Steinbrenner took over the Brox Bombers in 1973, but his most controversial relationship was with former manager Billy Martin. Now, everyone in the media could do George Steinbrenner stories. I'm going to try to do them with a different take today. Um, ultimately, Billy Martin left and returned and left and returned and left and returned, left and returned and left and returned. Five times he got fired and came back. Steinbrenner and Billy Martin, they did a Miller Lite commercial poking fun of the whole thing. You know, a lot of people think Billy and I argue all the time. Actually, we agree on just about everything, right, Bill? You betcha, George. We even drink the same beer. Light beer from Miller. Light's got a third less calories than the regular beer, and it's less filling. And the best thing is it tastes so great. No, George, the best thing is less filling. No, Bill, it tastes great. Less filling, George. Billy, it tastes great. Less filling, George. Billy? Yeah, George. You're hired. Not again. Light beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer, and less. Did I say hi? Two of the greatest sports icons of all times, Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner. Today, George Steinbrenner, love him or hate him, he is dead at the age of 80. Next up, in a positive, believe it or not, a positive both for a stock and my mental well-being. And by getting my mental well-being up, it's good for the stock market. Now, here's the story. Testing for the new containment cap. Currently underway in Gulf of Mexico for British Petroleum. Fox News Radio's Evan Brown reports from New Orleans. The cap is supposed to be able to cut off the well spill entirely. BP's Kent Wells says they're going to spend up to a couple of days testing it out. We'll be gathering information and analyzing it. When the data says that we need to open up the well, we'll do that. And when the data says that the well can be shut in, we'll do that. Between this cap and the relief well due to be operating next month, both BP and the federal government are optimistic that Deepwater Horizon's been plugged. In New Orleans, Eben Brown, Fox News Radio. So in quick recap of the markets today, we are in earnings season, which is a positive because the last month we kind of got a little bit shaky knees going. We don't know how the U.S. economy is going to hold up. Today we see some of the data that the U.S. economy is looking better than expected, the trade deficit, or parts of it are. The Dow is up 165, the Nasdaq's up 36, the S&P 500 up 16. So Wall Street is gaining on earnings optimism. There's other stories out there today, and I'm going to get to them, including Apple. Apple, will the stock get hit if there's a recall will it be a buying opportunity i got that coming up in the first half hour of the show on we just lost the call we just lost the call the call was going to i was going to go to and he, he basically had a question of starting a business in this climate that's a pretty good question and usually i won't repeat your questions from drop call because i don't want to encourage you to call and drop but starting a business in this climate absolutely i tend to be an opportunist i tend to Understand that you want to get involved in something when other people don't. For instance, the best time to buy real estate in California after a huge earthquake. The best time to buy a beach property after a huge hurricane hits that city. I, I, I have a little bit of an opportunist mindset. If you really wanted to buy real estate in New Orleans, the best time to do it was after the flood. In Haiti, after the earthquake. So right now is now a good time. Is now a good time to invest in a new business? Absolutely. But here's the kicker. I've started numerous businesses in my life. Numerous. I'm an entrepreneur. I hate people who refer to themselves as that, but I throw it out there for you. If you do start a business, make sure you at least have at least one year's of cash flow to pay your bills. I know that's kind of a concept that's that's out there. It's hardcore. But a lot of people think their business is going to be profitable by the end of year one, and that's just not the case. I would say you want to make sure that you have cash flow for two to three years. I wouldn't expect to make money, 
in most businesses that I've started, year one, I lost money. Year two, I broke even. Year three, I started to make good money. Let's go to Mark. Mark in Fremont. Mark had the question on starting a business. So what hey, sort of how about you doing today? Good. What sort of business do you think about starting? Um, you know, I'm not quite sure. It's going to be some kind of software startup. Um, I'm a I'm an idea guy for like Facebook, iPhone, iPad applications. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing, uh, and I just want to do things like you know get a business plan going together so I can present it to venture capitalists, things like that. Because I have no, I don't have a year's worth or two years worth of capital going. Um, but I I don't I want have all these great I have all these great ideas. I think would be really profitable. I don't want to discourage um, you. But venture, venture capital is not in the 1990s again, where all you have to do is have an idea on a napkin. You're right. going to need to show revenues. If I'm going to give you any of my hard-earned money, you're going to have to show some revenues or at least some incredible partners. Um, so start thinking about partners, someone who can market, someone who can execute, someone who could code. Um, if you're in software, you're going to need at least those three things. Okay, let me write those down. <laughs> you can get a pod, yeah, you can get a podcast of the show and thanks for the call. You can get a podcast of the show at talk910.com. This is not the 1990s and I'm not speaking for all venture capitalists, but you need sizzle. And sizzle right now on your stake is revenue. And you need a good story on top of that sizzle. So, the story is the sizzle 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 like, "Oh my gosh, I hear that stake." But the meat is you're going to have to have some revenue um if you expect to win. Now again, I could be wrong. You may want to join another venture capitalist firm, or I'm sorry, you may want to join another developing company firm that has funding already. Um, I'll talk about this on future episodes. I'm not prepared to talk about business development and starting your own company today in the Bay Area because that's a good 30-minute conversation. So I will get to that, though, shortly, though. Um, Business plans, keep in mind, they're kind of like best laid plans of mice and men. They tend to go astray. So I wouldn't swear by a business plan ever, never, ever. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on Talk 910, 910, the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Black in your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 9-10 a.m. So we're in earnings season, and I dig me earnings season. We got some positives this morning, Alcoa. Kicked off the second quarter earnings season better than expected. Now, I said at the beginning of the year that the first half of the year is going to be relatively easy on earnings. The second half of the year is going to be relatively tough. So this isn't a surprise, and this doesn't get me juiced. Right now, if you think the U.S. economy is going to be anemic for the next year, you sell into strength. If you think the U.S. economy is going to get some reprieve from maybe a new balance in Congress, maybe a president who was forced to move to the middle, although he is moving to the left, if you think that, then you get, you know, depending on what you were thinking is, use strength to either get to where you want to get to after a correction or get the hell out of what you don't want to be in. So I'll call it better than expected. The capping of the Macondo well, BP's oil well looks capped. That stock has a lot of room to go up, and now it's it's less damage and more damage cleanup. That's positive. Mentally, doesn't it feel better to think, wow, that, that well is capped? Yeah, it does. And when you're feeling better, you tend to express yourself. There's a successful debt offering by Greece this morning, so those are three things that are positive. Now, here's the negatives out there, because i got to throw them both at you. China's economic outlook, there's a level of concern. There is some headwinds, including today, a downgrade of of Portugal's debt. 
there was a weaker German sentiment report. What's that mean? A lot like that BP oil well in my head, knowing that it's capped, I feel better. But they asked Germany, Germans, they go, Germans, how do you feel today? And I will feel so good. (laughs) They don't feel so good about what's happened in Europe. Now, again, we already heard that they're importing less from us in the last 90 days. We heard that this morning with the economic data. So you could tell that the sentiment is matching the deliveries of goods. Now, Germany is not the end-all, be-all of Europe, but they're a big key. They're a big cog for sure. And you got a little higher U.K. inflation out there today, which is negative. So there's a choo-choo company, CSX. It's a train company. It's a rail operator. They beat on the upside. What I liked about this was yield growth and operating margin performance better than expected in the quarter. I don't think this is a roar in U.S. stock market. I don't think this is a roar in U.S. economy. I think it's nice. I think maybe it's a little bit less than nice. Maybe it's that chick from the John Hughes movie who's kind of frumpy and 16 years old at the start of the movie, but the hottest piece of, oh, coming down the stairs later in the movie, taking off her glasses. You know, the, the chick that basically takes off her glasses, and then she's a bikini model. That's what this, that's, that's kind of where we are with our economy right now. We're the, the, the frumpy chick with baggy clothes and, and glasses on. We're not hot, but we got a heartbeat. Intel's going to report numbers today after the market closes. That's going to be a big arrival. That's going to be big because, A, they're California. B, they're a huge play on the economy and a huge play on people's confidence to hire new people and put butts in seats that need computers. Also on the agenda this week is the expected Senate vote on the financial reform bill, which has been significantly weakened. So I'm pretty good where we are with this. Let's talk about some of the other stories out there today. And I have to go back to my childhood ever so briefly. I'm going to give out lots of stock advice today. You do not need to worry about that, including Apple buy, sell, or hold. There's that big Consumer Reports article that came out yesterday that the Apple iPhone, they can't recommend it, that a recall looks imminent. In the next segment, I'll tell you, is it a buy, sell, or hold? But this segment, I want to talk a little bit about my brother, David. I grew up with a bigger brother. He was five years older than me. He invited me. He took care of me. Uh, I had a dad who was a little bit of an alcoholic. I.e., he didn't sleep and vomit, but he couldn't not have a drink every day. So, my brother David, I had four older brothers, and they kind of took care of me. So, this is kind of a tribute to my brother David. When I was in, living in Turkey, I was five years old, and to help me learn to read and to help me really get gription or traction in reading, Dave had me pick up a sports team. So, I picked the New York Yankees, and I had to read the box scores every day. So, I had to read Willie Randolph and Mickey Rivers and Bucky Dent. Um, I had to read Reggie Jackson. How did he do? So I had to learn R was Reggie, you know, kind of thing. So my brother Dave got me interested in the Yankees. And at that point in time, they just come off winning two World Series in the 19, early 1970s, uh, mid-1970s. And ultimately, today we learned George Steinbrenner died. Steinbrenner's career. See, I grew up overseas, and everyone says, you're a Yankees fan? How cliche, <laughs> you know? But they didn't realize I lived overseas. It wasn't like I picked the Yankees while living in Washington, D.C., So Steinbrenner's career as a financial investor was huge, sometimes tumultuous. He was the force behind the New York Yankees. He was the stuff of legend. He was the roots, ultimately, that fortune either understood or moved on. Now, I dig the guy. I think he's one of those guys that insists on winners. Sometimes we peruse people and we look at their career and we judge them a little too quickly. On a media standpoint, he was a failure. But he was a corporate chief of a company called American Shipping, which was a Cleveland, Ohio shipyard that helped finance his uh, entry into professional sports. By 19, um, 
1899, let's go back in time a little bit. Steinbrenner's great-great-grandfather, he had founded American Shipbuilding, was one of the oldest companies listed on the New York Stock Exchange. So Steinbrenner was tied towards one of the oldest stocks listed on the Stock Exchange back in 1899. Now, at its peak in the 1940s, the company employed 20,000 Americans shipbuilding. As Steinbrenner oversaw the ultimate disappearance of the company, which filed for bankruptcy protection, Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, and you could say that maybe he was a bad executive. So there was a dispute over two oil tankers that they were building for the United States Navy. In recent years, it had shrunk uh, its business pretty aggressively. So you had seen Steinbrenner take over a company that had a heyday of 20,000 employees. You saw it shrink down to 1,000. It became more and more evident that the Navy wasn't going to use these vessels. The shipyard's largest shareholder ultimately uh, quit on the company, and Steinbrenner lost his shipping company in 1995. Now, despite the ultimate fate of that American shipping company, Steinbrenner proved incredibly savvy. He used the free cash flow from building ships to buy the Yankees, and he, he liked to buy into things that were undervalued. He bought the New York Yankees in 1973 for $8.8 million from CBS. <laughs> Another shot at CBS, huh? The team hadn't won a pennant since 64. In 1972, the Yankees drew less than 1 million fans for the first time in over a decade. Today, the Yankees are worth almost $2 billion. He bought them for $8.8 million. This is amazing. So today, George Steinbrenner dies. And I, again, I just want to say, love him or hate him, whatever. He died of a heart attack. His career was, you know, clearly media fodder. In 1977, his fifth season with a team, it became the Bronx Zoo. Ultimately, Steinbrenner, Jackson, and Billy Martin, the three of them had just outsized personalities, and it became the Bronx Zoo. They lost to the Dodgers in the World Series in 81, and they didn't make the playoffs again until 95. During that period of time, he changed managers 14 times. Now, what's important to note about that is management, this is a key investment lesson. Management, success, starts at the top. Having consistency with management is great. When you have Steve Jobs there for 10 years in a row, look what happens with Apple. One of the most destructive feuds for Billy Martin was with uh, Yogi Catcher, Yogi Berra. Yogi Catcher, Yankees Catcher, Yogi Berra. He managed the team to a third-place finish in 1984. 16 games the next season, Steinbrenner fired him, and he was wildly popular. And instead of sending the, you know, the, the news to him directly, you fired him in the media. <laughs> so, and then Yogi Berra, popular Yankee, said, I'll never step foot in Yankee Stadium again. So they patched the raft in 1999. They're okay. Um, but Steinbrenner was a bit of a jerk. He once paid an admitted gambler, a guy named Howard Spira, $40,000 for damaging information on a, a star outfielder named Dave Winfield, with whom Steinbrenner was feuding publicly. Commissioner Dave Vincent banned Steinbrenner from baseball for life, but then reinstated him in the 93 season. Steinbrenner grew incrementally impatient when the Yankees lose, and so he started throwing money. He started throwing money at them, aggressive money. He capitalized the franchise's popularity in 2002. He launched the Yankees Entertainment Sports Network, which was a regional cable network. And, you know, their revenues pull in over $2 billion. The difference between the Yankees and the Giants it's the TV network. It's the TV deal. Steinbrenner was smart enough to start his own channel dedicated to just the Yankees. He keeps telling his guys, winning is everything. That's the, the phrase that I always come back down to with George Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner. Winning is everything. Winning is important. Winning is a way of life. For those of you who, who 
never get to where you want, who never get the girl they want, who never get a business that they want, you don't understand the phrase, winning is everything. It's a way of life. Stan Renner's hero was George Patton, who once said sloppiness can't be tolerated. I can't agree with that statement more. Why am I successful? Because sloppiness can't be tolerated, and winning is a way of life. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 a.m. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 a.m. And now, Rob Black and your money. So one of the big stories out today is Apple. Yesterday, Consumer Reports said we absolutely positively cannot recommend the iPhone 4. We find, and for the record, Consumer Reports is a respected consumer advocacy trade publication. And they can't recommend the iPhone 4. The reason is, ultimately, reception problems experienced by some customers can be easily replicated due to the antenna gap on the left side of the iPhone 4. So this is a negative, and it creates an overhang. That's a big word, an overhang. On Wall Street, it means the stock can't go higher. There's reason to sell. Brokers are calling their clients today, cute, douchey dude with suspenders and a crappy watch. Hi, I'm your broker at Solomon Smith Barney, Miss Barnes. Can I possibly interested in talking to you about selling your shares of Apple? She goes, why? Why? They made so much money. Well, because they got this recall coming, and it's going to be negative publicity, and people aren't going to buy the iPhone anymore. Instead, they're going to buy research and motion. Crap. It's just crap. It's an excuse for a broker to call you and try to get you to sell your stock. He gets commission on it. Now, the headlines could send the stock lower. There is no doubt about it. Remember how I said I like to use negatives to buy? I like to use any sort of entry in to buy. Apple's down seven points today. For those of you who've been waiting to buy shares of Apple, this could be your day. Because to fix the problem, they can give away a a $29 bumper case for free. Apple is saying today, screw you, Consumer Reports. We're not doing a recall. Now, that's today. Tomorrow, if they say they're going to do a recall, the stock's going to get hit hard. And that's okay. Because do you still think people are going to consume their iPod 3s and their iPod 4s that are coming down the road? Do you still think they're going to want their iPad 2s and they're going to want their new um, MacBooks? Do you? Do you? Absolutely. The fact that they've already sold so many of these, it could be a problem in a recall, but insurance will cover that. I'm not worried by that. So any weakness in Apple, I'm going to see as a buy. Today it's at a low of 246 249 It's down $7.50. Rob Black likes bad news like this because... The negative headlines are a very short-term risk. I think the pullback could be a buying opportunity. I see this as a $350 stock. Replacement costs are going to be you know, probably less than $100 million on a quarterly revenue rate of 13 to $15 billion. Apple, if it does need to get it fixed ahead of you know, the big back-to-school and holiday season, this was the time to have the hiccup. So now there could be a redesign coming down the road, and that could obviously hurt and or help players like SanDisk's Sawtech and Cirrus, C-I-R-R-U-S. Um, but any major pullbacks, I think, is viewed as a buying opportunity in the stock. Now, one of the reasons I say that is because we love our smartphones. We love Pandora. We love the applications, right? There's very few good applications. That's the damn hilarious part about all this. 
is there's an app for that, right? There's 400,000 apps. There's 100,000 apps here. There's two apps there for Palm. Like, everyone's talking about the apps, but most of the apps just absolutely flat-out stink. There's an app for that. But there's some good apps, like Pandora. Have you used Pandora? Fantastic radio service. You put in that you like the Talking Heads and Arcade Fire, and it, it, it analyzes music that sounds like that, and it, it, it serves it up to you. And then guess that? Get, you get to play Nero. Let it live, let it die. Let it live, let it die. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yahoo has a radio service. AOL Radio has a radio service. Last FM, Pandora. Our station here, Clear Channel, has got iHeartRadio, an application. These are the applications that make us buy phones. In January of this year, just to show you that mobile radio is working and it's an app that people want, Clear Channel, my station, my company, even though I'm not an employee, they sold out of inventory of certain mobile ads. Now, the news came on that as the nation's largest terrestrial radio broadcaster, Clear Channel, 800 stations, that it was crawling out of the U.S.'s radio's deepest advertising slump ever. And we sold out of mobile ads. Traction in mobile ads, a watershed event. This is huge for the radio companies, and it's tied towards an app, tied towards a smartphone. Clear Channel's mobile effort already meaningfully profitable. We're profitable there. Less than two years after it launched. This is huge. Mobile is a huge strategic necessity for terrestrial radio. By 2015, mobile radio apps that can stream programs onto Apple iPhones, Research Emotion, Blackberries, Android devices like the Droid and the X will generate as much ad revenue for traditional radio companies as well streaming on personal computers. And most of the growth of the digital space is going to come from the mobile. Now, terrestrial radio ad sales from streaming to PCs and from mobile phones, it should double from uh, about half a million to about $1 billion. So $480 million last year, $1 billion by the year 2015. Now, the amount of time that consumers spend listening to mobile apps, this is the crazy part. The average time that people have tuned in to Clear Channel's iHeartRadio application, 137 minutes a week in the month of July. That's up from 120 minutes in the end of 2009. Usage has increased as the app improves. And his content improves. I'm on the app, iHeartRadio. And because of that, people are listening longer. I take personal credit for this victory. Now, the amount of time consumers spend listening to traditional radio, it's actually tumbled to four hours a week this year from 10 hours in the year 2005. So traditional radio, it's dying. Mobile radio, it's on the accelerator. So advertisers are following that audience. There's tremendous amount of interest in mobile advertising. Tremendous. Mobile ads could even be more attractive than online ads because they're more likely to hold a person's attention. When I listen to the radio on the Internet, on my mobile phone, I'm not about to like go to my mobile phone and change stations when the ad comes up. So you could multitask while driving in a car, change channel. You could multitask on a desktop, change channel. But on the phone, you don't tend to do that. When you're on the, mo- on the mobile phone, you tend to multitask less. Your attention is much more captive. Mobile subscription and song sales boost revenue even further. So the fact that you could be listening to a song and then buy it on your mobile phone is huge. There's a company called Slacker. Their total sales, half of their total sales, come from payments by users accessing online radio streams via smartphones. That's up from less than 20% at the beginning of the year. So while you're listening to it, you like it, you buy it. And it's already on your phone, it's already on your iPod or your iPad. Or your iPhone. So radio listeners more than willing to pay a subscription fee for a commercial free service to buy songs in a smartphone rather than on a PC. For some reason, we don't want to buy, and this is darn true, we don't want to buy a service on our desktop, 
but we don't mind buying a service on our mobile phone. So if a radio app is preloaded onto a phone, it makes purchasing via, via wireless bill 10 times more likely. So this is an industry that's growing, and it's growing double digits, and I want you to pay very close attention to it, because this is why you want to buy Apple on a down move. It's very, very difficult to catch up, and these guys are leading. Mobile apps have emerged as the industry's biggest user growth engine, while terrestrial radio, satellite radio, and PC-based radio services are adding listeners in single digits. It's a double-digit pace on mobile, and that's pretty impressive. Mobile listeners now constitute more than half of um, online radio listeners. So more than 30 million users use internet radio provider Pandora. I love Pandora. I can't wait. Pandora is going to get bought by Clear Channel. Pandora is going to get bought by CBS. Pandora is going to get bought by Time Warner. Someone's going to be smart and buy them. There's no doubt about it. Pandora's got 58 million total users. And get this. They got an app on my television. They got an app on my phone. That Pandora app is hot. It's cool. It's, it's all that and a bucket of chicken. And you know what? This time next year, we're going to be talking about streaming wireless applications into your car. Terrestrial radio very likely going to die or likely get kind of weak and anemic. Not very strong. But that mobile app into the car, huge. So terrestrial radio will figure it out. Clear Channel, please buy Pandora. Please. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Coming up next, I got some emails and some stock ideas. This is Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. And now, Rob Black. Everybody. Me, Rob Black. Just trying to think. Uh, give me just a second. Trying to pull up a stock that I want to talk about. Because I know you want to talk about it. Because it's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. And uh, they're in the news today. And sometimes our computers are a little slow. So just bear with me. Ah, bitter. Bitter. Um, give me a second. I'm going to try something different now. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. A company that I kind of wanted to talk about, but I'm just having massive problems pulling up the right data on it. And again, I like looking at data while I'm talking to you. A, so I just, I don't ever want to get you in trouble. I never want to get you in trouble. That's that's critically important for me. So Chipotle Mexican Grill. Um, stock continues to power higher. Now, when you take a look around the economy, you take a look around the stock market. This is a stock I've been talking around about for a long time. Um, I've been talking about it on this station since March of 2009, but I've been talking about it for three or four years now. This is a, a, a restaurant, and I tend not to like to invest in restaurants because we are a fickle bunch as, as, as consumers. We tend to go to a restaurant one, two, three times, and then sometimes it gets a little bit too loud. Or sometimes the food comes out bad. Or sometimes the waiter or waitress is, is just totally rude to you, and you never go to it again. So Chipotle Mexican Grill, that's not it. Chipotle, the biggest like complaint you can have about Chipotle is that the person in front of you got more rice than you did. And you're all angry about it and you're all puffed out about it. But then you ask the person, hey, can I get a little bit more rice? And they're like, not a problem. So the stock continues to do incredibly well. Think about it for just a second. How much does this have to do with oil prices? How much does it have to do with your job? How much does it have to do when you think when you're thinking Chipotle? How much? Not almost none. It's relatively cheap dining. 
and it tends to be people who go tend to like it. So there's winners in every market. You have to be patient. You have to be intelligent. I like the company long term. I don't like companies that are breaking out and running to all-time highs every single day. I don't like companies that P's get way too ahead of themselves. But it's trading at 24 times next year's earnings. Would I buy it today? Probably not, unless I was going to say, I, Rob Black, will buy Chipotle Mexican Grill next year as well. Because I know I'm paying too much this year. And I, I'm going to have to wait for it to get fairly valued with their growth, or I'm going to have to wait for a stock market correction. So I like what I'm seeing out of Chipotle. There's another company I want you to pay a little bit of attention to right now, because it, it's in the right sector. Well, this is a text company, first and foremost. It's a company called SanDisk. And one thing that SanDisk makes is flash memory. And flash memory is different than hard drive memory. Hard drive memory, you drop your computer, you urinate on it, it's gone. I know you're saying how many people urinate on their computers. I'm, it happens, I'm supposing, sometimes. But hard drives are, are a little bit more fragile than, say, flash drives. Now, flash drives are in, what are they in? They're in medical devices. They're in network equipment. They're in notebooks. They're in iPads. Uh, they're in cameras, digital cameras. They're in all sorts of electronics that we use and that we love. And flash drives are getting ready to make a, a push into the computer. The boot-up computer. It's already out there. There's already flash drives, but they're crazy expensive. Now, a flash drive, have you ever noticed when you turn on your camera, your pictures are already there. They don't have to load. Fast, 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 fast. I love it, right? So any weakness in the stock market, I'm going to say, let's take a look at some shares of SanDisk. I think it's got about $10 on the upside. I think a lot of people are expecting overcapacity in flash drives this year. But they're not they're forgetting that we're selling more iPads than we expected. So I think the average selling prices are expected to basically persist on better than expected trends. I think there's some tight market supply. I think strong smartphone, strong design win momentum, modest expansion in production capacity, not too much production capacity, which would hurt. Um, I see oversupply in 2011 as a risk. It's a moderate risk. This is a tech company that gives you some pretty good upside, will beat the market. If you believe the story that it's playing into, ticker symbol is SNDK. And again, Chipotle CMG, Chipotle Mexican Grill. Let's go to Rick in San Jose. Rick. Hi, Rob. Hi. I have a couple of questions if you have a couple minutes. Give it to um, me. First one is about AMAT, and you and I have talked about it on email. I've owned it for about 15 years, and I've also traded it. So I've seen it go from a high flyer down to more of a dividend-paying stock. Right. And I was curious what your thoughts are on the company short-term versus long-term. Okay. Let's give people a little bit of speed on, on one of the phrases that you just said there, that it's gone from a high flyer to a dividend company. It, that could happen at some point in time to a company called Apple as well, where it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, nothing but up. But then it kind of matures and gets too big. Um, Applied Materials is a company that's got a market cap of about $16.8 billion. And 15 years ago was its heyday. Mm-hmm. When we were kind of getting into that, well, let's go 20 years ago, I mean, it was the heyday, 15 to 20, where we went from just desktop computers to laptop computers. Mm-hmm. And we added cell phones and we added satellite phones and we added satellite satellites, where this company makes semiconductor equipment builders like ovens. So ultimately, they, they, they scale into that market. So they're, they're CapEx. They're very expensive to buy. If you want to buy a new oven to manufacture a semiconductor, 
it, it ain't cheap. It ain't millions of dollars. It's billions of dollars. And they make, you know, solar power cells now. So they're, they're trying to move into new areas, new segments of the chip-making process. Um, they do everything from etching to deposition to, right. you know, meteorology and situations that are all crazy and uh, much smarter than you and I could, you know, enunciate too clearly. Although, right. have you worked for the company? Yes. Okay. So you're probably getting some insider shares. I think, like you said, it's it's a little bit of a boring company now. If you take a look at a, a one-year chart, you see it's very cyclical. It goes from... 13 to 15, 13 to 14, 13 to 14. Mm-hmm. It's having a tough time breaking out. Right. The, the market cap on the company, ticker symbol is AMAT, it's trading about 10 times next year's earnings, which isn't bad. Um, it, it's a slow company, 2.4 times sales. I, I'm more in geared and I'm more in line of trying to find a smaller semiconductor company as a okay. trading vehicle. Um, and Lord knows there's plenty of them. And let okay. me throw out and thanks for the call. Okay. Um, Let's see what we got here. If I can find anything intriguing for you. Because it's so expensive to buy their materials and to buy their ovens, I'm a little bit leery. I think there's better plays. I think there's smarter plays. I don't think this is a play that's going to get you into any trouble. But it's tough for me to find the catalyst. Hmm. Last quarter, they reported earnings of $0.22, cents, better than expected by about a penny. Revenues were $2.3 billion versus $2.2 billion. Company issued some upside guidance for the third quarter. To me, it's tough to say that we're in the heyday of coming up with new demands for new semiconductors. Instead of the massive evolution, instead of the massive revolution that we saw in the 1990s, it seems to be slight evolutions at this point in time. I'm not knocking it. Massively profitable company. About two-thirds of their sales come from Asia-Pacific region, Taiwan leading the way. Taiwan makes the semiconductors of the world. If you and I come up with a semiconductor to cure hemorrhoids, we would send it off, you know, the design to Taiwan, and they would manufacture it and make it for us. So there's a little bit of that going on. Um, I, just, I can't get excited by it. It's, it's almost too big of a company. Trading stock, yes. Trading stock, yes. Long-term investment, dividend yield 2.3%, nice. I'd like to know a little bit more about their stock buybacks. That would help me enormously. So that's a little bit for you on applied materials. Ten times next year's earnings, I'm not offended by that. And I think a worst-case scenario for the stock is about $12, and it's at twelve fifty-five right now. So I, I see some upside, uh, but I would look for strength to get rid of it. Heidi, we got any emails in our email bag of love? Yeah, we have plenty of emails today. It's good to have you back after ha- losing you yesterday. Well, thank you. Although I will say management did notice the show the went on without you. Oh, they did. Oh, they, they're they plotting did. the takeover. I want to say they're plotting the getting takeover. Getting rid of me. Getting rid of the minimum wager so so they could keep their fat cat salaries up in the fifth floor. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Not a surprise at all. So it's, it's time for an email. You can email me, Rob, at robblack.com. This one's a shorty, but I like it. Um, because maybe, maybe I have the same question. Um, Hey Rob, do you know of any banks that don't have monthly service charges for low account balances? No. Kevin wants to know. No. And, uh, there's a good website called bankrate.com, bankrate.com that you could put in parameters like that and they'll, they'll spit out the list for you, but I don't know any of them off the top of my head, but I know a great website bankrate.com and you can put in parameters like you want free checking. It'll find it for you. You can say no fees. It'll find it for you. You can put in. Free air miles on credit card, it'll find it for you. See, you are a resource. I am a resource. Okay, real quick, we got, uh, we got uh, what's this guy's name? Joseph. Smells like cheese in this studio today. Thank you for sharing. Okay. 
Joseph. Joseph. Uh, dear Mr. Black, um, always great and very hopeful show. Um, I want to ask you about my house, the title on my house. How do I go about putting one of my kids on the house title? There is still a mortgage owed. Um, is it a long and expensive process? What needs to be done? What do you think? Please let me know. Um, uh, please let me know all the details and steps to move forward on making this happen. How does he get uh, his kid on the title of his house? You don't want to get your kid on the title of the house is the issue. There's no benefit or plus from it. In fact, there could be a tax liability due to it. And one of the phrases that was inside that email, Heidi, um, and it came from Joseph, is one of, I want to add one of my children. What are the other children going to say about that? They're going to be angry. They're going to be upset. They're going to they're gonna hate dad. So don't do it, Joseph. Um whether you want to for good reasons, like you may have a fatal disease that you die, die, let the kids inherit the house. They'll get a step up in basis. Don't put them on title. There's no reason to do it. It's a credit risk to you. It's a credit risk to them. It's a liability on taxes. Talk to an estate planner. Talk to an estate planner if you want to pass your assets, your home, efficiently. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. You are listening to Rob Black and Your Money, the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 9, 10 a.m. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.